0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, A week ago, Thursday, um, ten days ago or so, um, Ann did something, my my wife Ann did something exceptionally bold. Um, She picked up Jack and Bailey, who are... Um, now seven and five, um, after school, so they're, they're hungry. And she tried to do her grocery shopping at Target. You might know where this is going. Um, as they pass every single aisle, um, Jack and Bailey are making demands on what Anne ought to buy because she loves them so much, so they ought to get, you know, Legos, or a Nintendo game, or Pokemon cards. Um, What I had forgotten at nine o'clock, which she reminded me after the sermon was that she actually drops several things and just leaves them at the counter and takes the kids out of there. It was that traumatic of an experience for her. And so then, when I get home, and we're all sitting there for dinner, this game is continuing to go on. Mom, if you love me, you will let me have the chocolate cake, even though I haven't finished my noodles. And Ann just looks at Jack, I am not going to respond to you not getting what you believe you deserve. And he has this moment where he just kind of, it's like he realizes that she's not gonna play this game and the tears instantly stop. And for about 20 minutes, we have peace on earth in the Burris household. (laughs) Now I actually, I hadn't thought about it until just a few minutes ago. I'm not sure I agree with Paul that, you know, when he's a child, he reasons like a child, and when he's an adult, he reasons like an adult. I think we reason out like this our whole life. We believe that we're entitled to certain things because of the status of where we are, and so we make these demands, and we continue to act just like Jack does. And like I have acted many times in my own life, and probably will, as soon as I leave today, to some extent. The, interestingly, this is where we are in our um, lectionary. We're in one of those places which um, the story continues in Luke. And so last week, we hear of Jesus is making this journey around his kind of home region. He's in Capernaum and he is beginning to teach and preach and this movement is being swept up and people are, are beginning to follow Jesus and they're taken by the story. And so he arrives in Nazareth, his hometown, and people have heard that he's preaching and teaching, and he walks into the synagogue. And last week, um, we hear he enrolls the scroll from Isaiah, one that would be very familiar to the people in his hometown. And he shares this, this prophecy of this person who is going to come to lift up the poor and reign justice. And then he says at the end of last week, and we hear it again because we get a repeated piece of scripture. And now the prophecy has been fulfilled. He is saying to the people, "I am that person." Y'all might fast forward to um, April, and we're at Holy Week. This is that one of those claims that leads to his death. He's beginning to kind of draw that attention that he's the son of God. So he makes this claim, and then we hear the people in the congregation go, wait a second. Is this not the son of Joseph? Now it's interesting, before I've always, I've always heard that passage of Scripture with a a little bit of disbelief. With a sense of, like, oh, he is the son of Joseph. He can't be that person that he's talking about. But if you look at it in the context of the people being amazed, I think they do get it. I think they not only get what he's saying, but they're attracted to that idea that because he is the son of Joseph, that means they're going to be entitled to something special. Hear it. Ah, the son of Joseph is the one that's lifted up. You know what that means for us? We're next to the king. Your kingship means that all of us are going to be elevated. We're going to be healed. Because you love us so much, we're going to get everything that we want next time you take us to Target. I mean, that's the thing about that kind of trick that people believe that their proximity to their savior was going to entitle them more than others. There's a couple of different ways that we could go with this scripture this morning for the context here at St. Stephen's. You know, one is that kind of riskiness in community that we believe that the more that we do or the more favor that we can win with Um, those that we perceive to have in power entitle us to something special. But I think what's more interesting is just that that as we, we begin to kind of think about what it means to have a spiritual life, that risk of believing the more that we pray, the more that we give, the more that we become kind of Confident in our love and, and nurture of God, the more that God will take care of us. Y'all have heard of that, kind of that, that um, the, the prosperity gospel, you know, the more that you love God, God's gonna fill your life with blessing. But the risk in doing that is to see that elevated above other people. And so what God's, what, what Jesus' kind of messianic claim that he's saying, his kingship for this community is goes no, it has, it doesn't, It doesn't make you better off than everybody else. You're not better off than everybody else. We're all in this together. Now, there's something beautiful that we ought to take from that, is that God's abiding peace and presence is with us regardless of that. I mean, that is if we can let go of that need to be in control, if we can let go of that need to have power, if we can let go to, of that need to have proximity to, to, to power or authority or whatever it is, that that peace is greater than that. That's risky for us that want to be in control to claim. But we know if we can let go of all of that and trust that God is in the midst of our lives doing something regardless of what we want to receive. It's kind of like that five or 10 minutes of peace that we got in the household when Jack realized he wasn't gonna get what he wants. If you've been paying attention to the space, you're going, this is a little bit different. The altar frontal is of a beautiful scene of handprints and trees um, made for our, our Camp McDowell Sundays and the hammocks on the wall. St. Stephen's has a, a remarkable connection to Camp McDowell, and, and for it's, I guess it's been a part of the, the custom here to once a year to draw attention to that and celebrate camp um, here in our community. But it's interesting that it falls on this Sunday because, and I know that, that not everyone here has gone to church camp But if you could imagine church camp, I want to invite you into that image of going to a place in the woods and surrendering to the community. Of going to a place when you let your cell phone no longer work, when you give up the kind of normal confines of power and all of that. There is something beautiful about camps and those times away which help us understand community in an authentic way. So if you can remember this, on Labor Day weekend, we take an annual church retreat to Camp McDowell, and I just want to put that um, in your mind so that you can mark your calendars, and I hope if you've never been before, you'll consider joining us. And the men of St. Stephen's um, will make their annual trip to Camp McDowell um, March 15th through 17th. But if you can think of those experiences in your life when you have gone somewhere where it has forced you to kind of surrender and let go of all the things that you think that you need to have. Cell phones, control, schedule, all of that stuff. And be reminded that God's love is not about answering all of the things that we need to be answered. It's not about giving us all the things that we think we need to have. It's about letting go and recognizing that God is in the midst of our lives regardless of our own control and power that we think we need to have. On Camp McDowell Sunday, we remember that God is knitting together a family here and in this world A community where God's presence and kingship is being made manifest. That doesn't grant us any special privilege, just like that community in Nazareth thought it might. But that doesn't mean that God is not present in our lives. And if we can let go of that need to be in control, maybe we can see God's kingdom a little more clearly. Amen.